Well, hello everybody and welcome to Richard's Radio Adventures. My name is Richard, KB5JBV. Welcome once again. First of all, I'd like to apologize for the big lapse in Richard's Radio Adventures. Um, along about the end of November, I had to take a job with Amazon.com or, uh, or whatever they call themselves. Anyway, I had to take a job with Amazon. And unfortunately, I walked right into the middle of what they call peak, meaning uh, Christmas season was coming, so they had us on 60-hour week for two months, almost, and it's really eating up a lot of my time. Things are starting to free up. I'm going to do my best to find alternate ways to record so that I can keep these podcasts coming to y'all. Because I know, I know y'all can't get through the day without hearing my melodic voice. Melodic voice. Yeah, you heard it, melodic voice. So, let's, uh, what's going on? Well, uh, the Amazon job uh, has definitely kept me busy and hopping. Um, Wife's doing okay. We did suspend the club meetings in December. Uh, We're still working at that. We are putting a new push on for Aries here in the county and all that good stuff. In the interim, I went ahead and uh, ordered myself a Chinese mobile radio. I haven't had a 20, well, my first mobile radio was 20 watts. Uh, this one is 25 watts wide open. However, it does allow me communications from the mobile into Dallas County, Van Zandt County, and Henderson County. And even a little bit up in Rockwall. It's a little bit of tiny county, so we give them a little bit of signal. But that's okay. Uh, we have it installed. Have finally gotten it installed in the uh, in the improbable, and uh, we will be talking about that in future shows. So y'all, uh, y'all hang tight. I was going to do a video on it, but I just kind of got in a hurry. I may go back and. Uh, see what I can do about uh, getting the video done on that. Okay, so we haven't heard from anybody. You guys are not sending in feedback. And here's a problem I have. It's hard for me to know what direction to go with the show if my listeners are not sending me some kind of feedback. Either putting it on the website. You know, all I got over on the website, some little crabby guy that thinks he ought to be treated like a king. And unfortunately, more often than not, he's a little bit of an issue. And uh, that kind of stuff. He, uh, well, I'm not even going to go on on that. But we do need your feedback. Now, not like the people at Reddit who couldn't find anything wrong with Resident Frequency or Richard's Radio Adventures other than there were scantily scantily clad females on the website. Well, you know what? If you got a problem with that, I don't know. Go over to 100 Watts and Wire because you don't look at nothing over there and you get to hear the, you get to hear a net go on on HF while they're sitting around not saying anything. So, That'll work out for you just fine. I'd like to throw my throw a, a thumbs up to my friends over at Linux and Hamshack. Uh, Russ and Cheryl were in town a week or two ago, 
And unfortunately, because of my current schedule, we were not able to hook up. And we haven't sat in a restaurant together in quite a few years. So uh, I have a little sorrow over that. But things are moving forward. We got a radio in the car. Clubs are doing okay. Aries kicking. Uh, all the grandbabies are fat and happy. And life is good. So, and let me go ahead and bore y'all with business for a minute. Uh, for all of those that uh, uh, are fans and would like to help out, please uh, go over to the website, look at the post for this uh, episode or uh, any episode, and you'll find links to uh, ways to help us keep things going around here. Uh, first of all, is Patreon. I just recorded what I think is going to be the first uh, Patreon-only audio. Um, well, other than the backlog of stuff I have in some of the uh, some of the file folders around here, and it ain't much, but it's a, a good start. Uh, I will also be starting to send out messages via Patreon to our Patreon or patrons. Uh, our subscribers, whatever you want to call it, and that kind of stuff. Um, the other options are we have taken on Bridgecom Systems as a kind of a silent partner in uh, this thing. Uh, if y'all click through from the website and go over to Bridgecom, you do make a purchase over there. We do get a little bit of that. We still have the good old standard uh, PayPal in place if y'all want to do a one-time donation over there. And last but not least, buy me a cup of coffee. You can go over to the website. There's a, a button there to click to go over to buy me a cup of coffee, and you can make a small donation that way. You know, every little bit helps. And for my international listeners, unfortunately, due to the current climate here in the U.S., uh, things are getting more expensive. It seems there's things going on that's causing prices on everything to go up, and we could really, really use your help. Uh, we could use help from the folks here in the United States as well, but I can't even get y'all to send me feedback, so... Uh, we do need your v feedback. It is important to us. Lastly, because of the uh, time constraint, we are not going to be as thoroughly not going to be able to thoroughly uh, edit these episodes. So the audio may be a little rough, but please bear with us as time. Uh, time starts to free up, we'll be able to get back to the same editing quality. Um, last but not least, because of the time hiccup, we will probably be rolling back the relaunch of Resonant Frequency. I'm not sure when that actual relaunch is going to happen at this point. Uh, hopefully it won't push it too far back. And we'll be able to get that one going again. So with that, I think we pretty much got everything. Oh, interestingly enough, I never thought I'd buy a $200 dual band radio either. And that's, uh, no, it wasn't even that much. A uh, hundred and, $130, uh, VHF, UHF radio. I'm told it sounds pretty good though. 
Um, y'all, uh, y'all go take a look at the Anytone 778, I believe it is. A good entry-level radio, and I didn't want to put too much in the van because I do leave it sitting in a parking lot all night when I'm working. And, you know, stuff like that can disappear if you are not careful. So, with all of that, let's move on to the next segment. Okay, friends and neighbors, uh, we were talking about, in the last episode, we were talking about uh, mobile installation. And we discussed... uh, getting power to the radio so this time what i'd like to do is discuss antennas a little bit now you know, i had a guy tell me one time if you're going to spend a dollar on the radio spend five dollars on the antenna or uh, something to that effect five or ten dollars anyway spend five dollars on the antenna your antenna is important You cannot get the signal out. You can have the most fantastic sounding radio, the uh, most hot rod items on that radio. But if you can't get that signal out, then you're going to have a problem. Now, mostly you can purchase quality antennas all over the Internet. And most of them work pretty well. You do need to look at specifications on them so that you can make sure that you get the most bang for your buck. And all these guys kind of jockey the specs a little bit because uh, they want to make their radio, their antenna look better than everybody else's. But in most cases, your standard, uh, if you're single-banded, that's great because you can't hardly screw up a single-band. You know, 19 inches on 2 meters and about half of that on 440. But most people nowadays are running at least dual banders. And that means that you're probably going to be looking at some type of collinear mobile antenna. Like I said, they're all pretty much the same, but you do need to look at the specs. And take into account when you're looking at the specs that they write those specs as compared to, uh, well, they'll either compare it to a dipole or they'll compare it to an isotropic radiator. If you don't know what an isotropic radiator is, then uh, please take a minute to look that up. It used to be a question on the entry-level test, but I I doubt it is anymore. And we'll just go ahead and write that down so we can get it in the glossary. We're going to get that in the glossary so somehow or other so y'all can check it out. But anyway, just be careful when you're vetting these antennas. So now we've done that. And the next question is, are you going to use a mag mount? Or are you going to go ahead and poke a hole in your car and mount it that way? Or one of the alternatives is they do make a bracket that will hold an NMO mount that you can either attach to the fender on your car or something like that with a screw or a couple of screws. They also make a truck a trunk lip mount. Uh, all of these mounts are the performance on them is not a whole lot different between the different types. In my case, I use a magnet mount antenna, and the main reason for the magnet mount antenna is so that uh, it's easy removal. I have, over the years, I haven't really found much difference between 
a magnet mount antenna and those that are mounted to the car somehow um but you know that's just my choice and your choices may vary uh did have the bracket that the nmo mount went to went on on the unnameable the uh, green pickup y'all may have seen the pictures of it somewhere on the website and it did a good job the problem with that was it was mounted to the front fender and we'll get back to the reason that was a problem uh in a little bit now uh trunk lip mount i really i think i used one of those for about 10 minutes and for some reason i could not get it to stay on the trunk if i raised the trunk lid um, i may have not been getting it tight enough i really didn't want to scar up that particular vehicle and uh, that's another advantage of mag mounts. You can put something down in between them and the vehicle and minimize uh, scratching of the paint. But I did not have them on there long or the uh, trunk trunk mount on there very long. Simply because, like I said, I didn't want to bear down on the bolts and scar up the, uh, scar up the finish. Now, there's other ways also. You can put some sort of mask on your bumper um bore a hole in and just use an nmo mount and they do make some nowadays that all you have to drill is a 3 8 inch hole instead of a 5 8 inch hole i believe those are i know the 3 8 is right i think 5 8 is right might be an inch and a inch and a quarter but you know you start getting into stuff that's more difficult to do and it's really hard to find uh, some type of bit to drill a hole for a full NM, NMO mount, whereas the 3 8 inch one, I believe it was designed so that you could use a 3 8 inch drill bit to go ahead and mount that. Uh, over the years, I've had all kinds of mounts. I had mounts that went on truck bumper. I've had uh, uh, bumper mounts. You know, once upon a time, all the cars had big honking bumpers so you could put a put one on there um i do believe i had one car that had a ball hit that had been installed on the rear quarter panel but it was already on there when i got the car so there's lots of ways to mount these antennas the thing i want to point out is is that with any antenna height matters you always want to get your VHF and UHF antennas up as high as you possibly can when you're working out of your home station or say you're out operating in a park or something like that. I know one old boy, I talk about this arrow uh, dual band J-pole I have and he had one like it and we would go out to a park in Mesquite where they had pavilions and uh, the height of the pavilions or the first uh, wooden cross beams in the pavilions were probably about 15 feet in the air. And he would tie a piece of rope to one of those arrow J-poles, throw it over one of those beams and pull it on up in the air. And he really did pretty well that way. So height does matter. And I always run... Another reason I run the mag mounts, I always run them on the top of the roof of the vehicle, on the roof of the vehicle. 
Number one, it gives you a large, flat piece of metal on most cars. In fact, it should be all cars, but the minute I say all cars, somebody will contradict me. But it gives you a nice, flat piece of metal to attach that mag mount and have adequate distance from the base of the antenna to either end of the vehicle to help uh, get that signal where it needs to go. And the reason I say that is another thing that I've found over the years is that placement of your antenna makes a difference as well. It was really prominent back in the old CB days because you could be guaranteed if you had a 102-inch steel whip on the left rear of your bumper, your signal was going to be stronger off of the front right side of the car. Uh, kind of a little bit of a directional thing going on. Uh, that's another reason I really don't use uh, the clip for the NMO mount or trunk mount or that kind of stuff anymore because the signal difference or the output and received difference on a mag mount is not a whole lot different. Plus, it gives me the ability to move it to different locations on the vehicle to make sure I have the maximum amount of, of uh, good, usable uh, RF radiation going on. So now we, and it, this sounds like I'm preaching mag mounts, I'm not. You do what works best in your situation. However, there's another issue. And the other issue is that most cars nowadays are have a huge amount of some sort of composite which makes up a lot of the external portion of the car. Now, those are a lot of big words, and what it basically means is that most of your stuff on your car is plastic. And when I say that, we're talking about fiberglass bumpers or fascias. We're talking about fiberglass fenders. Uh, fiberglass uh, trunk lids and that kind of stuff. Well, it's not going to give you a good ground for the base of your antenna. So, I mean, there's ways to mitigate that. You can go down to Lowe's and purchase a piece of plate metal. I've got one here I was using actually for uh, operating two meters out of the house when I first got back on the air, uh, what is it, two years ago now, almost two years. And, I mean, it worked okay, but that we got into that height makes a different thing, and that didn't work out so well. You can take a, a piece of metal, but you're going to have to make sure that that piece of metal, um, well, you need to make sure that it comes out far enough from that base in uh, most directions uh, to equal what a ground radio would be. And y'all know what a ground radial is. It's the, it's the fingers that stick out from the bottom of the, ante the antenna at your house if it's up on a pole. So these are some things you need to watch out for. Try and stay away, away from the window clip antennas and the through glass. I'm not real a real big fan of the ones that uh, work through the uh, a window or something on your car. Um, Kind of hard to describe them. The coax runs up to a piece that sticks on one side of the glass. The antenna and the base of the antenna stick to the other side of the glass. Uh, I also have somewhere, uh, 
uh, one that hooks over the top of the antenna or the uh, window, and you roll the window up. Well, I didn't use it much, <clears throat> and at the time I when I used it, I was living in an area where you were ten less than ten miles away from a repeater at any time. So it what I didn't have anything to compare it to other than a handheld, and it was just as good as a handheld. So the last time we talked about uh, getting power to the radio. And now we're talking about uh, antennas. And before I go, I need to approach the coax uh, situation. When you run your coax, once again, we're getting back into that thing that I was talking about uh, either in the last episode or over on uh, episode of Resonant Frequency, which is that there's a lot of cables running through cars or wiring running through cars now where there is data a computer data running up and down those cables. This is something that could cause you interference. So when you're running the coax in your vehicle, try and make sure that you are far enough away from those cables that it doesn't cause you problems. At some point, we will do a more lengthy episode about noise, but at this point, we're talking about these these computers on these cars, they signal just like two computers, two desktops talking to each other over network, and they can cause uh, noise issues. If you find you have a noise issue, uh, well, I would first move to coax, and then I'd check and make sure that I didn't need to move my power connect. So now we've talked about some of the pitfalls on installing those antennas. Uh, At this point, I really can't think of anything else. I will tell you at this time, I have the mag mount, I have, and I'm not worried about what it looks like because the only two people that ride in my car is myself and my wife, so I've got it draped over some stuff, run around the uh, seat and back up to the center console in my vehicle, and because she doesn't really want to look at the radio when she's in the car, I have the radio, it's not even mounted at this time, uh... It has mounting bracket and stuff, but it goes inside the center console, and when I need to use it, I take it out and I set it on seat. Another one of those down-and-dirty installations, simply because at this moment in time, I do not have a way to get it mounted in the van, but I'm able to tuck it away in the console, take it out, set it on top of my aluminum Aries clipboard, and... Uh, use a piece of cabling which allows me to connect two BNC connectors together and we are off to the races. And I know for sure on that mag mount antenna, on that radio at 25 watts, I can open up and talk to people on repeaters over almost 40 miles away. So we've got a reasonable, usable situation here. So. Let me recap real fast a couple of things. Number one, you don't want to scratch the paint, put some under the mag mount. Number two, be careful where you attach a non-mag mount antenna because you may be boring into a piece of fiberglass. Uh, Number three, try and stay away from the computer cable. And number four, and most importantly, height matters. 
so if the question is I can either put it on the roof or I can put it on the trunk and put it on the roof. If I put it on the fender or I put it on the roof or I put it on the trunk, put it on the roof, it's going to show. And you're going to bang into things. I whack mine on the crossbar at Taco Bueno all the time. But it, that's another advantage of mag mount. You can always step out, lay it down, and pull into wherever you need to go. So I think I've probably run my head about this. Antennas and antenna mounting is it's simple but it's not simple just make sure you take the time to run the best insulation you can you know when you go running coaxes and stuff you can pull pull uh, panels on the inside of the car and run it down through there and make it as pretty as you want it kind of depends on how much time you have to spend on it i didn't have much time to get this radio in the van but Working like a champ. Uh, thumbs up for Chinese technology. No, no thumbs up for Chinese technology. But you work with what you can get. So with that, uh, y'all have a great, great couple weeks. We're going to try and make sure we got this going on. I uh, don't think I mentioned it at the top of the show. I may have. We do have our first piece of Patreon audio. We're going to get that on. We may let the uh, everybody have it for a couple weeks and then uh, make sure it's Patreon only. But y'all go over and drop us a donation. We really could use it. So with that, y'all uh, take care of yourselves. I'm going to go ahead and check on out, and we'll see y'all later. We gotta go.